0: Welcome to Royals V Radio, I'm the usual co-host, here without my co-host Matthew Lamar tonight, but I am joined by uh, guest, host emeritus, guest emeritus, and uh, the overlord of the site, uh, Max, Max Reaper, what's going on Max?
1: Hey Sean, uh, got baseball season's underway and yeah. I just want to shout, give a shout out to my son's youth baseball team, they got started this week, oh. with its kid, the first year of kids pitch, and uh, I'm just, oh. I just want to say, if they, if man, Rob Manfred wants to focus on pace of play, he needs to start at the youth levels because that game took forever to play. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot a lot of walks going on at the youth level.
0: What uh, do, does your son? Is he what position does he play?
1: Uh, he plays second. Uh, he oh. wants to pitch. I don't know if he'll get a chance. I'm sure he'll get a chance at some point because I think they'll let a lot of kids get a chance. Yeah. Uh, but he. Uh, he wanted to throw, he's been like, he wants to throw sliders and curveballs, and I was like, you know, just throw yeah, throw fastballs in the general vicinity of home plate, and right. that's he's chill. all we can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like...
0: Okay, I don't know if he got moved off a of shortstop yet, or if he was ever shortstop. because <laughs> usually usually they just, I mean, if you, yeah, I don't know, Anyways. All right, uh, and then we usually yeah, they put the best player short. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, uh oh. Yeah, but, yeah no, no, that's accurate. But you know, but he's but he's a short. He's, he's a kid, so he's short, and he plays second base. So that's kind of my that's my kind of player. Uh, yeah. And then we're also joined by, a kind of co ish at this point, maybe honorary co-host, uh, Jeremy
2: Hokaius. Jeremy. Howdy. Hi. You, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. Well.
0: You are like third or fourth choice of a guest, so mm. <laughs> take can't. what I can get. He's a, he was our first choice. Uh, okay, perfect. So let's get the ball rolling on this miserable season so far. Uh, <laughs> the Royals won today, though, so they are now five and fourteen. Five and fourteen. Yes. Is that right? No, five and fifteen. Five and fifteen. Okay that 15th win it really sneaks up on the 15th loss really sneaks up on you yeah. but the white Sox, i guess they're better yeah they're above the white socks so the white socks are just like a just a little bit worse um oh Behind boy so let's do let's let's instead of you know wallowing in misery what are some positives so far
1: well, I think losing is a positive franchise, <laughs> <thing, laughs> frankly.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: um, and I don't want to be, like, too, like... You know, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, honestly, like, it's a good thing to lose. And I thought that I, and I kind of wrote an article about embracing embracing the suckitude. And, you know, I don't want... I think you should, like, cheer for losses. I don't think... You know, and it's hard as a fan to, to see terrible play yeah. and, and losing baseball and, like, accept it. Uh, but... In the long run, you know, look, this team wasn't going to contend this year, probably. Um, and so if you're not going to contend, you need to be bad. You need to be really bad. And some teams are going out of their way to try to be bad, and the Royals are kind of making it look effortless. So, uh, you know, the, the losing is, a, is is a good thing. I mean, I think you don't want this team. The worst thing that could have happened is this team was kind of oh, yeah. a couple games under 500 all year. Dane Moore maybe thought this team had a run in them and and then held on to Mike Moustakas and Kelvin Herrera and they ended up winning 78 games and then not you know ended up with like the 12th pick in next year's draft. That's probably the worst case scenario. This this way and look they they could bounce back this year. I don't think they're this bad. You know I think they've probably been a little unlucky. They've they've been horrible with runners in scoring position, which will probably even out. Their bullpen has been. Just disastrously awful, which uh, it'll probably work work itself out as they shuttle some of the older arms out and get some, some new blood in. They're missing Salvi, obviously.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long year in Kansas City and, and look, I think a lot of us kind of expected that and if you're gonna be bad then, then you should be really bad and the Royals are are being are they they're playing really bad right now. And uh, you know, honestly we have to embrace it right now and and you know, if you're asking what are the good things, you know, some of the younger players are playing, you know better maybe than than you would expect. Like Jake Junis is off to a really good start. Jorge Soler is off to a pretty good start. Um, so, you know, I'm not I'm going to be more keyed on, on that rather than the wins and losses. You know, if they're winning games and it's Moustakas and Duda and Soler is not playing well, then I don't think that's a great outcome. But if, if they're losing games and Jorge Soler is playing really well, then I think that's probably a better outcome at this point.
0: Yeah, I know when we first kind of looked at the team, we thought like, Oh, they're not trying to tank. But you know what? They might have been subtly tanking because there's, there's there's a lot of bad on this team. Uh, but, Jeremy, what do you think? What's been a positive other
2: than just not winning? Um, you know, I, it's, there's at least a couple guys to look for, right? So you got Danny Duffy, you can watch in the rotation, has been joined by, uh, as Max said, has been joined by Jacob Junis. And then um, Whit Merrifield... Didn't completely disappear. Yeah. Um. Jorge Soler has, has, you know, the last couple of weeks at least, started to look like uh, maybe he can hit a little baseball. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's you, at least a couple guys to, to watch. And for the first couple of weeks, there was just nothing. What was the point? But uh, it's getting a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Merrifield, and I think he... He isn't quite. I mean, he's not doing. I'm pulling up right now. Uh, no, actually, spot on. 105 WRC. Well, actually, 109 with his home run today. So that's basically okay. what he's at last year. So yeah, that's been surprising. Uh, maybe not surprising, but that's been a, a thing of note at least. And you know what? So fan. Gra- correct me if I'm wrong here, but fan graphs. I I know they updated their defensive metrics. Was Merrifield at three wins last year? 2.9. Does that sound right? That's all- that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was a little lower than that. I thought he got a bump up from the defensive metrics. Um, i got to look that up. But, yeah, he, 109 WRC Plus and, um, you know, played first base, which is interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's kind of come around and hopefully kind of dispelled that. And let me ask, and Rainey uh, Dezarelli and I kind of didn't argue about this, but we talked about this via Twitter. Um, no matter what, he needs to be gone by either this this July 31st or this winter, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably – you know, I don't I don't know that
1: I'd be just rushing to get him out because I, I, I wonder what his trade value is. Yeah. I, I, I think that, you know, I think we kind of tend to overrate him a little bit in Kansas City just because aesthetically he's like a nice player to watch. He's kind of a typical hustle guy who plays all sorts of positions uh, and puts the ball in play. seems to be kind of clutch or, you know, at least – uh, come up with some big hits, and he has some power for a second baseman, which we've never really seen in Kansas City—at least, uh, you know, not in a really long time. So, um, you know, but you, know, you look at his stats overall, and he's like, you know, a good second baseman, but not a great second baseman in the league. So, uh, but he's got a lot of controllable years left, and I guess that is actually the, what is really coveted in the market this year. So, I, I'm kind of curious to see what his trademark trade value is. Uh, but yeah, I think the Royals should should be shopping him. I guess an interesting question um, I was I was thinking of is do you think that they're putting him all over the place at first base, left field, right field, center field? Is that showcasing him a little bit for a trade or is that just kind of filling needs as they see fit?
0: You know, they kind of did. So someone kind of brought this up when they mentioned – was it Dozier? It was Dozier um, about first base. Playing the player at first base isn't really showcasing them. That you know what I'm saying, like yeah. first base. Not that anybody can play it. I know Ron Washington would agree, but uh, first base is not like oh we're showing off his versatility. You could literally put anybody at first base, and, and you know. But yeah, I mean they're definitely playing him all around. I think at least well one because he's, I mean he's probably the only guy on the team that can play kind of everywhere really. Um, uh-huh. And then yeah, I mean I'm sure they're maybe thinking it helped boost his value. I don't know how much it has. I mean. Uh, but I mean, yeah, that's that's worth considering. What do you think, Jeremy?
2: Um, I want to go back to what we were saying um, as far as trading him, ah. and I I have this sneaking suspicion that he is more valuable to Kansas City, um, the fans, and the the team than he is to anybody else, and is just not going to be worth it to trade him. Hmm. Um. But as far as the position stuff, I it could be that they might be showcasing him a little bit. Uh, maybe not the the first base. The first base might be a little bit uh, just because somebody's got to play there, and we are not playing Duda against the lefty today. Yeah. But um, he's he's played second. He's played um, all over the outfield. Hasn't he played all three outfield spots already this year? It and he feels
1: like he has. Yeah, definitely center
2: he, field. And he played um, third base last year. So he he's just all over the place, and I I do think that it's a little bit of a showcase because there's they've certainly got other guys they can be playing at all these positions, and they they choose to move him around to give everyone the days off.
1: Yeah, yeah. You guys uh, are you guys uh, up in arms over the, the lineups like a lot of Royals Twitter is. Uh, I know some people have gotten upset at all the playing time of that Abraham Amante, waiver wire yeah. fodder uh, has been getting, and he had a grand slam today. And uh, you know Paul Orlando Ryan Goins is getting in the lineup a lot. I mean, is it? Um, yeah, I don't know. De- Should we care? I'm definitely not
0: jumping. Right definitely not jumping for joy, with uh, yeah with Almonte, you know, leading off at one point. I mean, I don't know. I definitely think that uh, they could do better than that. But I would like to see Soler lead off or at least definitely not sit for however many games in a row. In you know, oh yeah, in, to get whatever to get orlando in the lineup or anything like that that's that's the heavy burden there that's the one that's just it's excuseless the did one, i miss
1: something or is it like john Jay forget how to play center field like they just refuse oh yeah. to play him and like he's played center field his whole career and they refuse to play him there even though there's not like a, a stable center fielder on this roster it's just kind yeah. of kind of baffling to me that they must really hate his defense out there
0: <laughs> yeah i uh I'm, I'm with you i don't know i That's kind of your classic Ned, and especially, I mean, didn't Cuthbert sit for, I don't know, they're just, they definitely are prioritizing, trying to get everybody to play.
2: I saw a thing on Cuthbert's neck yesterday, like a giant bandage or hot-cold thing, Hmm. and I wonder if if maybe he had a strain or something that they weren't talking about, and maybe that's why he missed all those days.
0: Okay, I
1: don't know. I wonder, too, if that's why Solaris sat, sat a couple games,
2: because...
0: yeah.
1: You know, he has a history of injuries, and I know Ned specifically said they didn't want him playing in the turf in Toronto, which is notoriously bad. Oh, yeah. And um, I think they've sat him in some of the colder games for doubleheaders because of that. So, you know, people get in arms because they want to see Soler out there every day, and I do too, but I kind of get where they're coming from, resting him to kind of protect him for for later in the year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. the lineup thing that bugs me the most is Drew Butera over Cam Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no excuse. Yeah. We know who Drew Drew Butera is. We know that he's he's not going to be tradeworthy and he's not going to be a, well he shouldn't be on the roster next year. Um but we said that about Alcides Escobar and look where we are. Um so I would I would much rather see Cam Gallagher and and figure out can he at least be a backup for for Salvi next year or, or what? Yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: I, I'm with you on the Butera thing, and that definitely is one where like, and I mean, it was kind of questionable when they signed Butera to begin with, when they already had Gallagher. And I, I know that uh, Jeffrey Flanagan will that, oh, you know, I know Flanagan was a big fan of Butera, thinking like something changed over the off season. But yeah, I mean, we're pretty well aware of who Drew Butera is at this point, point. and you know, yeah, yeah, the, he had the... Well, and everyone's I, like, I don't oh, see, so Tim Gallagher, out. Is any better, but.
1: Yeah, but he's younger and he's got a little more upside. Yeah, and he's cheaper.
0: You know, yeah. Also. Yeah. They both they are both batting a forty. Gallagher's at a forty three WRC plus. Butera's at a forty four. So it's been, it's definitely been a big drop off uh, from not having Perez there.
1: No, thank God he's coming back this week.
0: Yeah. Um, well, well you, you don't put your cart don't put the uh, cart for the horse there. It's certainly, <laughs> well, as certainly, as he doesn't uh, carry his own luggage back to yeah. Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so we've had some positives and then how about the how about that uh, Mike Mustakas fella? He's done pretty well. I can't believe that uh 3.40 something OBP. That's
2: uh that's a nice surprise from him. That's well, cuz his batting average is up yeah. 3.25 before today.
0: Yeah, I think he had a I think his batting was like 500 or something. No, not even close. 3.13. Never mind. That was like yeah. 5. Huh. So I think that
1: surprised me the most too because uh, you know, I figured that with the dreadful lineup around him, especially with Salvi out, Oh, yeah. that he would get absolutely no, nothing good to hit this year. Yeah. And you know, last year I think you noted, you pointed out that he was really swinging yeah,
0: at everything.
1: anything near the strike zone, yeah. which you know I thought he, you know, in a contract year where he didn't get the contract he wanted, I thought he was going to press and start swinging things out of the strike zone and and really take a poor approach to the plate. And and he hasn't. That hasn't been the case at all. I mean, he's been a very nice. I don't know. Surprise, because he's he's been like this, you know, the last couple of years. But uh, you know, to really kind of take things a whole whole another level, I think has been uh, pretty encouraging. I guess encouraging for him too, if he wants to Ooh. test that market out uh, next winter. I mean, do you think? Do you guys think that he has improved his his like free agent uh, opportunities this this winter? I mean, he is going to be up against Manny Machado and Josh Johnson. So
0: yeah. I don't know,
1: even if he improves his chances, if that'll you know, so help things out much.
0: I've, I've been I've been thinking about this a lot, and I might even consider writing about it. Um, so at the deadline last year, and I know I've said this on Twitter, I know it's the deadline last year, the market, you know, everybody kind of complained about how bad the market was for, um, for anybody. And J.D. Martinez got, you know, three low-A prospect shortstops. I mean, you know, it just wasn't a good return overall. I'm not, I'm really not convinced that is trade value, as far as trade value for this July, I'm not, I'm really not convinced that that's any better than it was last year. Yeah, he's cheaper, but it's not like, it's, he's not that insanely much cheaper, you know, it's not like you're talking $30 million compared to $5 million. I mean, yeah, he's about half price, but it's still not that much, and, uh, I don't know, like, if nobody really wanted him at the deadline necessarily, or they weren't happy with the returns, is anything better, at this deadline I mean he's a year older I guess a lot of the concern was you know is he going to keep up what he did last year and he has so far um but I mean I don't know I'm just not I'm not entirely convinced that he's you know necessarily like much much better and I also think that there's no way that they don't trade him because there's no reason to keep him for the rest of the year because you can't offer him a QO again so the only thing they're going to get in value of him is through trade at this point but I don't know. I don't, know if, I don't think his trade value is any better, and I don't necessarily think that unless he can keep up this 330, 340 OBP, I don't think that teams are going to be clamoring for him necessarily. But that's just my thought. Jeremy, what do you think?
2: I, you, you talk about trading him, and, and I, you're right, that that's the only value the Royals can probably get for him that's going to make sense for their rebuild. But as we've seen with Dayton Moore he doesn't necessarily make decisions Uh that make sense directly for the future of the rebuild. Uh And if Moose, and I agree with you again, that I don't see any reason for Moose's trade market or free agent market to be significantly better this year than it was last year, especially with Machado, um, being the guy that, that might get traded and Machado and Donaldson both being free agents. Um, I wonder if Dayton might just try and bring him back and say, you know what? We're going to make you a Royal for life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I mean, that's a good point. That's something that, yeah, I could definitely see an extension worked out or something, but yeah, I don't know. That's, I think everybody agrees that it probably makes sense to trade him, but I think we've, I think we've seen decisions be made that, yeah, like you said, weren't, weren't what everybody was thinking when it comes to future. I mean, Everybody figured they wouldn't re-sign Escobar and just would play Mondesi every day, but, you know, that didn't happen. You know, Yeah, it was only a million-whatever dollars, but still, I mean, that made an impact on the future, not playing Mondesi. And, of course, he got hurt, but um, third baseman, Donaldson, um, Machado, that's really about it. I mean, Marlon Gonzalez, who's kind of had a resurgence.
2: Um, Anybody that could move to third base like Cozart did? Yeah,
0: Machado... God, he's only 26, jeez. Uh, yeah, not really. Like, shortstops, I mean... Eduardo Escobar, uh, maybe not... I mean, he probably doesn't really count. Um, Yeah, I don't know. They're probably, he's at least... He's definitely behind those guys, and I bet you... Oh, like DJ LeMay, who might be able to play third. Josh Harrison could play different spots uh that's really about, jose well, bautista yeah yeah <laughs> brian dozier probably is only i don't know i mean there definitely are some guys that um and he's it, definitely back there
2: and the royals don't seem sold on uh hunter dozier at no, third and chesler cuthbert's not doing anything to make us think he's the third baseman of the future right now yeah
0: so yeah especially since dozier's off to a or was at one i think he's still it i mean he was batting three thirty, he's not batting that anymore, I don't think, but he was off to a really hot start. He's batting ow oh, two seventy three, but he's got a four hundred OBP and well, he's got a four hundred nine slugging, so he's almost slugging he's almost OBP as much as he's slugging, but yeah, I mean, he's got that one twenty four WRC plus so far in triple A. So I mean he's definitely off to a pretty good start. There's no excuse I guess service time is a consideration, which in his case he'd have to be down until like July or August or something. Because he already has a couple days of service time. But, I mean, that can't be that big of a consideration for a 26-year-old, right?
2: You wouldn't think. No. but...
0: Okay. Um, another kind of positive so far has been Jolay Soler, I almost said. Jorge Soler. <laughs> uh, off to a pretty dang good spot. We didn't already talk about so I feel like we just talked about him. I'm, I'm going crazy, right? We didn't talk about him? No? We, no, I mean, no, we no, mentioned it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know why I feel like we would just discuss them. Uh, got a 137 WRC plus. Had three walks today. OBP's now up at 415. Almost slugging as much as his o- almost OBP as much as his slugging. Uh, 415 versus 423. Pretty good. Hasn't been great in the outfield necessarily, but has actually made some decent plays. Uh, what do you guys think about the trade value of Jorge Soler though? The
1: trade value going forward?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, well I don't think he's. Gonna... He's controlled till twenty twenty. Is he a royal all of that time? Um, I mean, I think I could see him falling out of their
1: favor if, like, he's just a terrible defender and they, or he, he's a clubhouse problem, and they decide he's just not a, you know, a, he's not part of the royal way or something like that. But I think he's probably here for a couple years. I think partly because they want to justify. The way Davis trade, uh, but also because he's playing well. I mean, I think he gives them something they don't necessarily have a whole lot in the roster, which is a patient eye and a and a big time power bat. So, um, yeah, I think he'll probably stick around for a while. And and yeah, and he's off to a he got off to a dreadful start, and then he's he's really been coming on lately, and and, and is starting to turn around, and I think become the, a little bit of the player we thought he'd be. Um, the power hasn't uh, mm-hmm. I don't think the power has been totally there yet. I mean, he still only has one home run, uh, but he's had some good. He's had some good shots. I think when the weather warms up, I think um, that'll help him out a little bit. Uh, but, you know, and the good the, the most important thing right now so far is he's been healthy so far, which yeah. I think has been the big mark on his career. But, yeah, I think he's here for the next couple of years. Uh, whether or not he's a productive player for all of those, you know, I think the the book's still out on that.
0: Yeah, you know, I didn't – I guess kind of looking back on it now, when Moore made the Solar for Davis trade, was he doing that – was he doing that with the idea of trying to be good in, whatever, what was it, 16 and 17? Or was he doing that because he thought the Royals were going to be good from 16 to, you know, 2020? Because, you know, if he did it for the sixteen seventeen, well, that was kind of maybe tough to see Soler be that good for that long, and then Davis was already, already good. But do you think that when he made the trade, he thought, okay, for the next four years or five years of control... So, Solaire's going to be good and we're good. Do you think he thought that in mind?
1: I think Solaire gave him the most options. So, like, he was on the cusp of being a productive major leaguer when he was acquired. It was before this 17th season. Oh, okay. So, yes. So he should have been, like, he'd had some, he'd had parts of of, uh, major good, you know, good play in major league seasons before. So it seemed like that was the year he was going to be, get 500 plate appearances 25 home runs whatever yeah. okay and that didn't happen yeah so that part didn't work out but their fallback you know is that he's, he's still on the team and that they can get some pay for him in the next couple of years if the rebuild happens faster than they expected then they still have him if the rebuild's not going as fast as they expected then the yak using him as an asset to flip so i think right. you know they kind of want to have their cake and, and, and eat, eat it too and in doing so, they probably didn't maximize their value. and I think you've been pretty critical about that trade for that reason. I think Sam Mellinger as well, uh, because you know, by kind of kind of cutting it in half, they really didn't achieve either of their goals. But you know, we'll see. Maybe Blair can can at least salvage some of the value of that trade. Uh, you know, either an asset going forward or a player that can be part of the rebuild.
0: I've never heard cutting them in half before, so I'm going to use that all the time. I'm going to get a lot of <laughs> you never I'm heard that.
1: It's all King Solomon.
0: Uh-uh. He cut a
1: baby in half. Well, it sounds like you need to go to church, man. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay.
0: Huh. Um, yeah, and I agree. I, I think that I think that yeah, they probably thought, okay, this is a long-term asset at at a minimum, this is a long-term player that becomes an actual asset or becomes the. I think they like the ability for it to be an asset. Makes sense. Um, and kind of overall with more moves, which is the great segue into dating more moves. Uh, Matthew Lamar had a great week kind of asking readers and I'd have to look back what consensus answer was on the poll um, asking about Dayton Moore's leash and I fired off in the comments with my opinion but I'll, I'll save that for later um, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on kind of overall I think maybe let's go two-parter expectations for what exemplifies a good next few years or at least what would keep him in the organization and then kind of how long to reach that what do you guys think,
2: you know, respect? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. Um the expectation has gotta be, be some people uh, start showing up, some players start showing up in some top one hundred lists. Um at the very at the very minimum. And I think that we need I would like to see uh I wanna say three guys on the top one hundred. That might be that might be too much. Maybe just two. Uh, by next year, and, and whether that is from drafting or it's from trading some of the guys that we've got this year, like Duda, Mustakis, whoever, um, I think that's that's kind of where we need to start if we're going to be competitive anytime soon. And what well, was yeah, the other I, I, part I, I, of your question?
0: Max?
1: Oh. Oh, uh, you know, I, I think he's probably, I mean, Dave Moore is probably here... As long as he wants to be, I think. Um, you know, whether will he have to change his scouting director at some point? I think that's that's a possibility. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm not as pessim. I'm not as down on his tenure as maybe some other writers and 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 readers on the site. Uh, and I think winning a championship has a lot to do with that. I mean, I you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to forget or it's hard to remember that you know how bad this team was when they when they when he took it over. I know you've argued that they're in a, a worse place now, but, you know, he took a really bad franchise and took him to the championship. Uh, and it wasn't and it's hard to argue as a fluke because they were pretty good for a couple of years there winning two pennants. So yeah. I think he's I think he's probably there uh, as long as he wants to be. Whether or not he should I mean I could see where he, he would wear out his welcome if if he was just truly behind the curve and and, you know, look his moves the last two years have been pretty terrible. Uh, and you can't put that on the scouting director. I mean, just his trades and his free agents have been really disastrous. And I think a lot of that's because of the, flaw, the of the direction of the organization where they were trying to do two things at once and it just wasn't working trying to compete and, and rebuild at the same time. So, um, you know, let's see how the rebuild goes. I mean, I, I, think he's, he's, I think he's earned a shot at rebuilding this franchise. And if we're... If we're like four years into the rebuild and we look like where the Cincinnati Reds are right now, which looks like a you know a mess Damn. right now, yeah. where they have a you know future Hall of Fame player and just you know, a roster full of crap around it, um, then then that's going to be really problematic, and that's probably at the point where maybe maybe the you know the, the voices for for you know bringing some refreshed blood start getting louder. Uh, but uh, but you know let's be honest, the, the, his replacement's probably in-house right now if it's yeah. on J.J. Piccolo, yeah. Renee Francisco or someone else
0: yeah and who knows if either of those guys I mean you know it when you go with uh, new GMs they usually like to clear house but yeah there's probably very little to the idea that if Piccolo was the GM or Goldberg or whoever ends up being the GM they're probably not you know clearing house they're, so you kind of you know that's not great if they if the reason more goes is because of bad drafting or you know bad decision making. Well, right behind him is the guy who's made all the picks or the guy who's kind of co-signed on all the trades and everything. So it's definitely kind of not to get political here, but it's kind of like the Trump where yeah, you could you could you could kick Trump out of the White House, but then you've got you know the <laughs> maybe not a better option right behind him in the VP with Pence. So yeah.
1: yeah, and the and the and this probably doesn't have any bearing on this but you know the, dayton moore is the i believe the only general manager the royals have hired outside the organization since oh. their first general manager cedric tallis everyone else was been has been promoted yeah. from within so that's kind of how yeah. this franchise has rolled over the years yeah yeah okay um
0: what, what do you think david glass well david glass probably passes it down to his to dan glass right I would imagine. You think if they? If I would they, assume
1: that's. Yeah, I would assume that's the that's the plan. Yeah. I don't. I don't foresee them selling. I don't think anyone's. I think. Uh, you know, everyone's kind of assumed that the the Glass family will keep it. I yeah. mean, what else is Dan going to do? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I yeah. I don't know that he has a whole lot of uh, business interests other than the Royals right now.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, that. I mean, sit back and watch more Walmart stock go up. I think that's that's his day to day. Okay. Well, that's. It's good stuff. Uh, So we've got the draft coming up, which we can discuss just a bit here. Um, The Royals have, let me get this right, picks 18, 33, 34, and 40, and 50-something, 58, no? Does that sound right? Anyone want to verify that? Let me see. You guys are really going dead air on me, huh? (laughs) I, I didn't
1: have that on my fingertips.
0: No, it's okay. Let me look up right now. Uh, cause I've been doing a little bit of draft kind of stuff and just looking. So the Royals' second pick or second round pick is going to be 58. Nailed it. Uh, yeah. So they'll have the. So they'll have their first 18th pick, first round. They'll have because Tampa got. Man, Tampa got two. Uh, oh, I guess they got one comp pick, but they also got the Drew Ruth pick. Okay, and then they got 33 and 34, and then 40, and then. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Then fifty-eight. Random. There's nobody this year that's going to get it. Well, maybe Kelvin. You think Kelvin Herrera gets a QO? Just, to, just, a, You know, just assume his no. season goes good. You know. No. He will not. I think I'm he gets tra- traded. Confident. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think if someone else gets a QO in this off season because they could, because they could potentially have like a top five pick. And then they'll get their QO pick. And then they're going to be in the competitive balance round. Uh, oh, wait. No, they are in A this year. Okay, never mind. I thought they were in B this year. No, they're in A. So they'll go to – they'll go to. I think they swap every year. Am I right on that?
1: Yeah. The, okay. Yeah,
0: that's right. So they'll go to round B next year. Okay, never mind then. Um, I, believe, I believe that's correct. I, okay. Don't
1: quote me on that. No, I believe it's correct.
0: Quote me on that. Um, I'll take credit if I'm right. If uh, <laughs> So, okay. So, I don't know. There's just – and I know we'll have more draft stuff coming out here, um, but I, I know that some folks have been thinking like, oh, let's, they got a big pool, which is great, but I think, would you guys be just opposed to going, you know, just best player, best player available for all three straight picks, right? Or even all four straight, right? Or do you guys think that they should maybe try and pull, a, you know, like they did with Dozier-Maniah yeah, with this draft?
1: Um. Well, it sounds like team that that uh, we talk about strategizing. Where you kind of look for a, a signable guy early, and then that gives you more money to play with later on. That's kind of the is that what you're kind of implying with the yeah the strategy? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like teams are able to do that less. Yeah. I, I, I agree because I mean, it does not sound like so many, as many guys are falling uh, down the draft board for signability reasons no. because of the slotting system. So I guess if that scenario is there, you should explore it. Um, so I want to say, well, this I was even that was a while ago. Dylan was a Dylan, uh, what's his name? Cease Crease with uh, yeah, the White Sox. The I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, the
1: Cubs. Yeah, Dylan Cease, Seas, uh, but he kind of he was like a big yeah. first round guy that kind of fell, I believe, for signability reasons with the Cubs. But yeah, and even that was like quite a few years ago. So I don't I don't know if your teams do that as much anymore. But um, oh yeah, I think you probably have to go best available. I mean, you may want to lean a little towards pitching just because there is such an absence of that in the system, whereas, like, there are some hitters you could point to in the system. But I think you probably want to go with the best player available. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Like, I don't know you guys may disagree.
0: but No, no, I agree. I definitely think with 18, like, the the slot money is great, and it allows you to take more chances at, you know, uh, at, uh, at 33, 34, 40. Especially since if you take a guy... I mean, the, the, the beauty would be if the Royals had maybe just a little higher pick where they were like 1 through 10 range. Because those guys, you can just you, automatically... Especially you know, if you have the first overall pick, you don't have to offer that player... A du- you basically offer them exactly what the number 2 slot is. And you automatically have saved you know a million or so... Maybe not a million, but you've automatically saved a bunch of money because there's no way that that guy is going to turn down to just to go one because he can't go any higher next year he's got to be the number one so one through ten you can kind of play those things where i'm not going to give you a dollar more than what the pick behind you behind me would be but at 18 you kind of have to pay you have to leave some room some wiggle room for like okay i can pay this guy above slot you know because he can turn me down and come back next year yeah i get the comp pick next year at that spot but i definitely think that the royals have to take a guy that they they have to leave a little wiggle room. They can't, you know, they can't really necessarily play with the money. They have a bunch, but I'd rather than just pick the best player available um, and, you know, pay the cost for that rather than try and go, you know, finding a cheap guy just to go spend more money at 33 where you the guy you want might not even be there at 33. Because imagine if Shamanaya wasn't even there at whatever it was, 35 or 32 uh, when they took Dozier at 8. I mean, if he wasn't even there, it's like, okay, I mean, you played the slot game, but you kind of lost because now you've, Thrown away your eighth, not thrown away, but you've lessened your eighth pick, and now you might have, you know, gotten what you would have gotten anyways. So I don't know,
1: Jeremy. Do you have a sense?
0: Oh, sorry. Uh, do you
1: have a sense of you know how deep this draft draft is, or how?
0: Um, it, no, you yeah, know. It, it, does it look like the Royals have a
1: decent decent? You know, uh, a well, selection of players to choose from. What they
0: pick. Here's the problem: the draft. Guess, take a guess what this draft is deep in. What the one type of player this draft is deep in.
1: Tools the outfielders.
0: Uh, close. Uh, prep pitching.
1: Oh, okay. Well, they could use that. Yeah, but
0: that's <laughs> the Royals' like Achilles' heel. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I mentioned this the other day that the only, the only prep pitcher to pitch for the Royals to be drafted in pitch for the royals was since 2008 was jake Junis, and that was 2011 <laughs> every other prep pitchers they've taken has not uh, tim melville debuted for the reds but he didn't you know and even we're really mm. stretching the the boundaries there for calling tim melville anything um but yeah i mean the royals have just whiffed on prep pitching with russell and watson and um griffin and i'm probably missing someone but um anyways uh blew it and blew it's not so bad but blew it's you know not a great example so i mean they're probably going to take a prep pitcher at 18th, I would bet. They're almost certainly not going to take a college hitter, uh, much to my chagrin. Um, but <laughs> they, they definitely are going to – I think they're going to take – I think they could actually take a college pitcher at 18 um, and then probably throw some money at some prep pitchers at 33, 34, and 40, prep pitchers or prep hitters. They definitely need to – at 33, 34, or 40, they need to – just take a guy who has an, an insane demand, and if you sign him, great. If not, then oh well. Um, I'm talking someone like Kyler Murray, who's uh, going to be a huge signing issue um, because he's got that commitment to Oklahoma, but he's got insane upside, super toolsy guy, um, or take like a, you know, kind of a flamethrowing, um, like a prep pitcher or something there. So they've got some options, but they're, all, they're almost certainly going to pick either a, a prep pitcher. Or a college pitcher at eighteen, I would I would almost guarantee it. So, well,
1: know. that's encouraging.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There are actually some decent college pitchers too. Some guys that I like, um, but I don't know. I I would love to see us take a college bat. Um, who is the, I guess Dozier counts. I'm trying to think who the last college bat they've taken early would it have been Dozier and Cologne, right? Am I missing anybody? No.
1: Yeah, Cologne. Um, yeah, that sounds about
2: right. Yeah. Oh, Christian Cologne. Yeah, I know. World Series hero. Is he even playing anymore?
1: No, I don't think. Yeah, so. he's with the oh. he's with the Marlins Triple A team. No, I think he got. I think he oh. cleared waivers and in, is in, in the minors. I could be wrong. He's but, with the Braves uh, now. I just I thought, was, yeah. Braves, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew he got picked up on some Triple A yeah, roster. Yeah. He
2: yeah, and he's right. batting one sixty in Triple A. Oh, no, wait, I'm looking at the wrong ways. Two twenty two in Triple A. Sixty eight WRC plus. Oh, here we
0: go. Uh, yeah, because free agency by the, yeah, the Marlins. Oh, so they waived him. Oh, he's just granted free agency and then they signed him in December the Braves did Okay. Without looking, what is Christian Colon's career earnings? What do you guys think they are? How much do you think he's made?
1: Including his draft bonus? No,
0: skip his draft bonus.
1: Okay. Um, I don't, he knew he was never arbitration eligible, so like a million and a half, two million?
0: Exactly, a million and a half, 1.59. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah, um, not a bad not a I, this is draft bonus, not a bad outcome for Christian Cologne.
1: And I don't want to knock our old good friend Josh Dugan, but remember uh, there was a time when we were debating whether or not it should be him or Whit Merrifield yeah, starting at second
0: base.
1: <laughs> I know, and it was a, and it was a good debate. And then we didn't know who yeah. would uh, who would be the
0: better option. No, I, and I definitely would have sided with Josh too. I would have picked where I wanted to see. Yeah, we all would have. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh, okay, okay, folks. Well, I don't know. We kind of made this one a speedy one. What else do you guys have on the docket? Anything that you you been thinking about or got kicking? Um, been what
1: boating? do you make of Jake Judas? I was I wanted to ask you, Sean, um, cuz I've kind of always said, "Okay, he's a, you know, nice fourth or fifth starter. He's, you know, after his first couple starts last year, he pitched really well down yeah. the stretch. He's he's pitched pretty well so far this year. Is that change our expectations of him a little bit or is he just kind of going going through a hot streak and and he kind of is what he is
0: yeah you know i was looking at his profile again or i mean just like a week ago let me just see if it's changed before i put my foot in my mouth but he had like a no home run rate he had 100 percent strain i mean there's definitely some luck going on um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean no i mean I, I think this is a reasonable well a two era is not reasonable but no he's at a 4.01 fip i mean I think that's reasonable. He doesn't do doesn't necessarily do anything wrong. Um, doesn't have a lot of strikeouts, you know. Def- his command. It, it, so if you look at his overall profile, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. But am I crazy that sometimes his command just seems to disappear? I feel like I'm not making this up. I I, cause, He's I mean he hit a whole bunch of yeah, guys this year. He hit three batters yeah. in one game. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it feels like he, he and maybe it's because here's just my theory. He doesn't walk a lot of guys because his pitches are just kind of so average that guys just make contact. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. He doesn't get to a lot of four balls. You know, he gets to maybe three ball counts, but he doesn't walk a lot of guys because by pitch for three or four or five, they've already put the ball in play. So that kind of helps negate that because he doesn't strike out a lot of hitters. He's striking out uh 6.75 per nine or 19 percent of hitters um so far in the league average is 23 percent i think um so you know below average strikeouts but above average walk rate and i think his soft contact actually was pretty decent um so he's got a 169 BABIP
2: right now that's kind of scary
0: yeah right and he had that no home run right i mean at one point he hadn't given up a home run on the year i think he's actually given up a couple since then but yeah 169 BABIP. so no, I mean he's not a two ERA pitcher. Um but I think I think his current FIP, I think four ish is about right. Nice big gap. I mean two I, there's a a two run gap between his FIP and his ERA and then there's a half a run gap between his FIP and his X FIP and good lord, if none of our listeners know what any of that is, I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> but I just
2: realized I I'm, wonder Yeah. I wonder if he might be benefiting more from the shifting. Than oh. the than maybe the other guys. If he's a contact pitcher to begin with, yeah. mm-hmm. If he's if he's convincing them to hit into the shifts, whereas Danny Duffy the other day was getting them to hit away from the shift. Let's look it up. Then, yeah. then that would help him.
0: So this year, I'll just do this year. I should really do since the start of last year, but so this year, so for 2018, he has a 0.226 woba with the shift. And he's got a 2.36 Wobo without the shift. Well, not without the shift, but I can't say not shift. Oh, I can. Yeah, no shift. Yeah, no, 0.071. So he's actually, it's definitely a small sample. But he's done better with no shift than he has with the shift this year. If that makes sense. Uh, I'm really uh,
1: curious how long they go with the shifts. I guess. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I feel like like it's been kind of like, pulling teeth to get yeah. them to do this like this. I feel like the analytics team has been saying this for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. And Ned Yost has finally been like, okay, I don't have Hosmer. I don't, uh, you know, have some of the guys I've had in the past. So, and we have nothing to lose now, so I'll give it a shot just oh, yeah. to kind of keep them off my back. And, you know, if it's June and it's like they're giving out a lot of hits because of the shift, then they'll yeah. abandon.
0: <laughs> you know that every time a ball makes it past Escobar or somebody because of the shift, Ned Yost just, like, screams internally, like, yeah, if we didn't shift, but, and, and, you know what, there's been a bit of pushback, maybe not pushback, but I definitely know Rex and Ryan have been, like, seems, like, really anti-shift, I know Hudler, seems like he's, like, really mm-hmm. against it.
1: Lee Judge has already had his calm, like, oh,
0: yeah. Um, yeah, the shift, you know, we'll see if it works, like, you know, usually managers, managers
1: accept it, because they don't want to get fired, so. Yeah. well, uh, okay, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. so, uh, yeah, we'll see, I, I'm, I, I mean, kudos for them for, for trying, it. and look, Ned Yost has given it. Lip service. I mean, you know, everything he said public court of it, and Whitmer had some really good things to say about, it, like, you know, and he seemed to understand, you know, hey, yeah, it looks like you're going to give up hits every once in a while, but over the long run, like in Vegas, you'll you'll turn out, um, you know, like you'll you'll be the house, and it'll the odds will be in your favor. So it seems it sounds like they kind of get it, but you know, when you're when you're actually out there on the field and you see balls going to where the shortstop should be yeah. or would be normally, uh, I'm sure it can be a pretty frustrating experience. And you know, that's, that's a big, I think that's a big thing for analytics now that, that a lot of teams have, I think, gotten is buy-in by the players and coaching staff, and, you know, the Royals may be behind the curve, you know, not only in their analytics, but in from from the team, maybe, maybe this is the first step in, in catching up in that yeah. respect.
0: Yeah, it definitely will be interesting to see, because, I mean, y- you're right, It's in teeth to, to get them to go to this finally, and, Despite the whole league getting there, and the Astros, you know, winning the World Series based off of advanced, you know, analytics, it's kind of like, oh, okay. Or the Cubs too, you know. I don't know. It's it definitely feels
1: like. Is there a team? Is there a franchise you think that's maybe less open to analytics than the Royals right now? And I and I and I know that the Royals have had a good analytics team in the World Series. Where we're all like, oh, they have a really good analytics department. Um, but you know, the game has kind of also kind of moved moves since then. You know.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean sure. the Reds are the
1: Reds particularly, particularly analytical. Oh, maybe they are. No, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't seem you know, like it doesn't succeeding seem, at,
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem like they are. The Orioles probably aren't. Even though Buck Showalter's yeah. not so bad, but I I can't imagine you just to you know a ten-year deferred deal for 150 million if you're highly analytical. Um, <laughs> the
1: Marlins are probably too too cheap to really invest. Yeah. In the
0: <laughs> analytics department. Yeah, the Tigers um, maybe. The Tigers don't.
1: Yeah, they, t- they said they're g- they were going to beef it up under a- a- Avila, but um, no, I think a lot of people are kind of skeptical. But they are. I'm
0: trying to think of who else. Yeah, no, yeah I don't know. That's that's. Allens are, yeah, that's a really good one. Um, definitely, the Cubs are. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. Oh, the dime. Well, the Diamondbacks weren't. The Diamondbacks hypermetrics with, uh, with. with Larissa and Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With both Dave of them. Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, they were awful. Oh my god, that team. <clears throat> that, that's that's the worst. <laughs> like I, I, you know, obviously, am not a fan of the Dave Moore tenure necessarily, but that is that Diamondback tenure is awful. Terrible. So I don't know. Okay. Uh, so what else do you guys have? Anything that's been stuck around or?
2: What about uh, Jason Hamill? He's pitching really well right now. Yeah. What are the uh, What do you think? You think he's got any trade value, or you think everyone's going to look at him and go, uh, "He's he's going to fall apart like Jason?" Yeah. he's thirty five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's
0: a marginal trade value. I mean, anybody that was a former Oriole basically has no trade value. I mean, can you name me one good former Orioles player? Uh, Manny
1: I mean,
2: Machado next year. Former, former <laughs> Orioles player. <laughs>
1: I mean, in 2014, he was having like a career year, and he was like the throw-in in a trade to the A's oh, yeah. for, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: uh, like Samarja, wasn't he? So, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can, and he's making a lot of money now, so yeah.
0: No, I think. I, uh, what, does he have a buyout? Oh, two million buyout. Okay, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't think he's particularly going to bring anything back. I mean, yeah, he might get if, you if, it, some flyer, you know, like a low-level flyer. So-
2: so basically, the Royals are going to be sellers at the deadline, and they're not going to have anything to no. sell.
0: Nope. The, the best <laughs> time to sell would have been last year, but they didn't. Um.
1: If, you had, if you had to predict how many guys they end up trading, though, how, what would be your kind of over-under number?
2: Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question.
1: they got to get Kelvin well, Herrera, possibly. Moustakas, Duda. Well,
2: Herrera's, Herrera's going to have the most value out of all of them. Yeah. Assuming he continues pitching close to this well. Yeah, don't hold your breath, though. Um,
0: yeah, so. So Herrera for sure, stuck Well, oh, not for sure, but Herrera likely. Herrera Mustakis,
2: Duda. You guys think Duda's on the docket? Yeah, Duffy. Yeah, I think so. I think. But I does think anybody that. really want a first baseman who can only no. hit right-handed pitchers? Yeah. No. 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 Yeah, uh, as a
1: bench bat maybe. I think can mm-hmm. see a role for that as a bit. I mean, he was traded last year to the uh, Rays. Yeah, yeah. So I'll see. So it wasn't for
0: it wasn't for much at all, but. I'll say, I'll say three, I want to say four, but to do, I'll say Three and a half, three and a half just to make over under a fair.
1: Mm-hmm. I think. I'd I put it a little lower. I put it at two and a half. I think there's, I think there's some guys that should trade that they won't, and they'll say, oh, we
2: didn't get offered enough of them. Yeah. And
1: we see some value in winning games and, yeah. you know, da, 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 da,
2: Yeah. That's and, what's going to happen with no, Moustakas for, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sure would be. Or, you know, I.
0: Danny Duffy would, you know, not be stinking yeah
2: Ma? He no. turn it, he'll turn it around yeah no i yeah. definitely think assuming that, he's you know. not hurt
0: yeah i know i, I or, or
1: torpedoing his own trade value so he can stay in kansas city <laughs> yeah
0: bury me a royal with the I like that he wants
1: he really wants to be buried a royal that's what he's, he's
0: doing his part yeah no offense but there's better weather out i mean i i thought about moving just the other day i thought about how quickly can i sell my house and move anywhere else because of the weather <laughs> um so i would i couldn't imagine well, I'm sure he does not purposely. He doesn't live here in the winter. I'm saying I couldn't imagine being like, "Oh, I can, you know, I definitely want to stay here." Uh,
1: or maybe he's uh, trying to help Dayton Tank.
0: Yeah, maybe they've Without got something back, like, <laughs> like how there's revenue sharing. Maybe he's like, "Hey, you know, I'll pay you more money if you for every every loss we get. I don't know, but that does kind of make you sad. That Duffy's a cool dude, and definitely a guy you root for, but he just has been bad to start the year and for. So much that he's even changed back to the way he used to be. I mean, so much that he's even gone back to the stretch or to the, the wind-up. Um, which I don't know if that really, uh, I don't know if anything's changed. Uh, maybe maybe that's something to look into. Hmm. Does anybody know a website that we could, that would be, could use that content? How much better Danny Duffy, you know, what?
1: The- uh, my favorite site is RoyalsReview.com. That's where okay. I follow my okay. insights of, uh, Royals Commentary I like and yeah. humor. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think
1: I think I agree. Oh, oh yeah. you're gonna preview your article tomorrow while you're joining the athletics. Yeah,
0: right. Okay, all right, guys. What else do you guys have?
2: Uh, here's a question for you. Oh wait, wait, wait wait, wait,
0: wait, me, sorry, wait, wait, sorry, I'm gonna forget this. If I don't bring it up right now. How about the Phillies? Well, <laughs> hang on, I can't
2: remember what their record is. They're so. like uh, 13 and something. They're good. They were they were good. Yeah, good time. I looked. I wanted to make seven. sure they were still so good. good. Yeah, they're, they're and they're in the wild card. They're yeah. the number one wild card right yeah. now. Yeah, so how about them? Now,
0: huh? Well, okay. Hey, huh? Right. Ready to
1: change your allegiances yet?
0: You
2: were ready though, Jeremy, to write them off because of your homeboy uh, Gabe Kapler. Just what a mess. I was, I was freaking out for a second. I was like, "What's going on?" Everyone's saying Gabe Kapler, and then I went and looked at the record, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm fine." <laughs> he can do weird stuff as long as they win. I don't care. Yeah. Huh. What were you going to say? I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, I was going to ask uh, over under on how many more appearances Justin Grimm and Blaine Ooh. Boyer get before before they're gone. Uh, boy,
1: I thought I didn't think Boyer would make the trip home. I, <laughs> I didn't either. Yeah, I thought they're going to leave him in Detroit or Toronto. Yes, uh, but I guess when you save everyone's life, <laughs> by, yeah. by rescuing everyone uh, from a, a from a ice shattering in the bus and knocking out the driver, I guess. You, Kind of, it's it's kind of a bad uh, bad move to fire to fire a guy so and release him. So uh, I mean, I just can't see him getting any more appearances. I mean, Clay Buckholtz is probably going to join the team in a week, and they're going to need a forty man roster spot to add him. And like the target's got to be on Blaine Boyer's back at that point. I don't yes. I Miguel Monte's
2: oh, we- already gone. Can't
1: yeah, use can't use that spot. So <laughs> um,
2: yeah, there's not a whole lot of.
1: 40-man roster spots that would make sense right now, like, unless you are just willing to cut a guy that has a little bit of upside. Um, so, yeah, it seems like Blaine Boyer's the guy to go. Justin Grimm, I think, hangs around just because yeah. he's younger. Yeah, he I was thinking more Grimm, Keith,
0: I think, yeah, Boyer's, Boyer's the, if they don't already have his, you know, DFA paperwork halfway into the fax machine to MLB office just waiting to hit send, then I, I don't know, but they, uh, yeah, he's an easy one. That's a quick one you can get paid from.
2: They've played in 17 total games between the two of them, and they're worth negative 1. 1 F. R. It's just insane. It's been efficient.
0: Their their awfulness has been efficient, at least so. I would... Uh, yeah, and there's like so many other guys that they could call up to, to just... Uh, I don't know. That's frustrating.
2: But there's nobody... I was looking... When I, was, uh, when I was writing my thing for Saturday, I was looking in the minor leagues just to see what was going on with the relievers, and there's nobody that's really standing out a lot. Um, and there, there were a couple guys, a couple starters, that I thought looked okay, that maybe if the Royals were trying to win, if the Royals thought, we just need one more reliever, they yeah. might say, okay, you, we're going to try you, but it doesn't make sense to do it with the way everything's going. So I, I thought maybe that's why one of the reasons Boyer and Grimm are still here is because there's nobody that's just, like, banging on the door in the minor leagues right now.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah, no that's true. There are definitely, I mean... Excuse me.
1: Well, yeah, they could be taking a good look at, like, the wa- the waiver wire for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's been yeah. guys...
2: Oh, yeah, didn't know. There's a couple guys that got cut over the weekend that uh, that might work out better than Grimm and Boyer, and are both and then are younger uh, than them. Yeah, a. like Akil Moore just let like go by the
1: Braves, and yeah. he's got you know he's got control issues, but he's a good live arm. He's like 25 years old. AJ Cole was a yeah. former top 100 prospect who has never put up very good numbers, but you know he's a guy that scouts have liked in the past, and 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 maybe you move him to the bullpen and he figures it out like Wade Davis. You know, there's there's guys that have been available that are you know. Look, they're not great. There's yeah. a reason they're on the waiver wire, but yeah. um, what does Blaine Boyer give you yeah. <laughs> exactly? I mean, he's, he, you know, <laughs> at best, you know, his upside is that he's the guy he was last year, which was the last guy out of the bullpen for was the Red Sox last year. I mean, like, you know, he's yeah. not like a guy that you can count on. So,
0: Yeah, uh, yeah A.J. Cole, um, Alec Asher, who I could have sworn he was a top-runner prospect, but he wasn't. Uh, but he, he was decent. With Texas, he was at least a decent prospect, yeah.
2: Uh, was it? Really not there a, to, uh, a rule five guy that got cut too? Nestor
1: uh, Colina, I think, for the Orioles got sent back. Ah,
2: uh, okay.
1: Recently, who okay. he, he was kind of raw, but he had a he had a pretty live arm. Um, Justin Nicolino, I think, for the Marlins, yes. I think that was yes. probably before the season started. He was a top one, but he was let go. Too. Yeah. So there's been some arms available, Then, like when you're in the Royals' position. You should be taking a good hard look at pretty much everyone that passes through the waiver wire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
0: He was the 73rd overall prospect per BP at one point. Nicolino was. Um, yeah, I yeah. know yeah, there's a bunch of guys. And, like, I would even... And there's a bunch of, like, not decent guys, but, like, Trace Thompson, I think, just got dfa Yeah. He's yeah. not
2: good, but, I mean... Didn't he just... Didn't he just get signed by the White Sox again? or they traded for him again?
0: Uh, no, he got picked. up. yeah, he did just get he got released by the Athletic. Oh, he got traded to the Athletics for cash.
1: And he again, he's not he's not a guy that's great. But yeah. look at his numbers compared to like Paulo Orlando. Like, yeah, yes, and he's like what, five yeah. years younger.
0: Yes, yeah, so um, is he a spitfire?
1: Lane Adams, yeah, uh, Lane former Adams, Royal right. Lane Adams, the who's put up pretty good major league numbers in a very limited sample set, but, you know, he's 26-7, uh, good speed, and I'd probably rather see him on this sure. roster than Abraham Almonte or yeah. Paulo Orlando or a couple other guys, so yeah. and I don't he's,
0: know. He's yeah, not a switcher. You know. Sorry Jeremy. hear uh, uh, me. So that's Thompson bad. got, he got waived by the Dodgers, claimed by the Yankees waived by the Yankees, claimed by Oakland. This is in a week, within a week. Uh, dfa by Oakland, traded to the, the White Sox for war. cash. Yep, and then that's it. Now he's back with the White Sox. So he's been on... And then, you know,
1: the the odds are most of these guys will never amount to anything. Yeah. But look, J.D. Martinez was put on waivers by the Astros and picked yeah. up by the Tigers, and look what happened. I yeah. mean, that, you know, Jose Bautista was put on waivers. Oh, no, I guess he was traded by the Pirates. But, yeah. you know, well, he was on waivers several times before that. I mean, the, these guys get put on waivers, and... You know, for for a reason. But when you're a team like the Royals, you can afford to take a chance on these guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, another name we haven't mentioned that that got put on waivers that maybe you give a chance to Miguel Almonte. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Good did he get look. put on waivers again?
1: <laughs> no, but uh, just originally, I think he's been hurt. He's hurt to start the year, but.
2: Wait, who did he get? Who did got he get picked up cited. on? A, the a- the a- Angels, a- Angels a- picked him on. A- the a- Angels, a- yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, they didn't they technically train him for cash.
1: That's true. That is. Yeah, yeah. But he was he's was, he was put on waivers and and they traded for him.
0: Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, that's uh seems like a nice little show. Anything that I'm missing? Anything else we we've got on the docket? Now that I've apologized to Jeremy about the Phillies.
1: <laughs> well, I, I will be ramping up our draft coverage, I'm oh, yes. sure. I mean, I, I think people are going to be really interested in the June draft this yes. year and I know you got a lot of things you're kind of planning on um, you know, scouting reports and strategy sessions and yep. stuff like that so i'll be i'll be i think we'll be all be really interested in reading what you have yep. to and it'll definitely that, be so. nice
0: to have uh patrick brennan Alex Duval, kind of helping out this year rather mm-hmm. than just uh yep. they know their stuff uh, yep and then we'll have sickles especially yeah and they you know shout out to World's farm report they run that but um it is kind of nice to have someone else alongside and patrick does a good job obviously too so it'll be a ton of coverage from us particularly on draft night i will be in japan on draft night, um, it'll be like two in the afternoon or something for me. Uh, I I purposely changed my flight so that I, originally I was supposed to be I would be flying you know over the you know Pacific Ocean uh, during the draft, but we're actually going to get there a day earlier. So I will be live from Japan for this draft. So the last time, are you scouting
1: out yeah players?
0: No, no. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm one of the. Uh, Looking suppose, for the next Daryl May? Yeah. O- Otani was pitching in Osaka two years ago when I was there, um, but my brother's wedding was on that exact same day, so it's tough to tough to say, hey, can I miss your wedding so I can go watch Otani pitch? I don't think he would have enjoyed that. Uh, but you know what? He would have gotten over it, I guess. So, okay. What's, uh, what's the occasion yeah. this time? Uh, we just go every two years um, oh, just okay. to go. My sister-in-law is from Osaka, and so we just like to go back and I love Japan, and then 2020, the Olympics are in Tokyo, um, so Mm -hmm. we we might go for that, so I think every two years, we plan on going, we'll see about two years from now, we might be burnt out, but have you,
1: have you seen, uh, baseball games over
0: there, uh, no, I have not, I will go this time, the, uh, the Hanshin's Dome is right, I mean, it is a, you know, two blocks from where we are usually at, and, um, we thought about going to different places, but yeah, no, I'll definitely, I'm going to go this time for sure. We were just so busy last time with my brother's wedding that we didn't have time, um, but this time I absolutely yep. will, so I'll have some good reports for you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm, I think I'm actually really curious about what Japanese baseball is like. My um, my sister and brother-in-law went to Korea, last was it last year or two years ago, and went to a Korean baseball game. Oh. They had an absolute, they had a blast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious to hear what the Japanese experience is like.
0: Yeah, so it should be a good time. So, I'll be there. But yeah, we have a bunch of draft coverage coming as well as kind of, I don't know, more... I feel like we've thrown out a bunch of more think pieces so far to start the year than maybe we did last year, just because on random thoughts. Part of it because of frustration, but another part because I think we're... In 16 and 17 and 15, we were definitely in like... All of our stuff was basically focused on going for it and trying to be good as opposed to, I think... I think we've been a, we have the opportunity to be a little more experimental now, and with different thoughts. Uh-huh. Perfect point. Uh, Matthew Lamar wrote about extensions, maybe throwing out extensions to guys. That's maybe not an article that comes out in 15, 16, or 17, but in 18 because we've got kind of younger guys, uh, you know, and time in the majors for those younger guys. That yeah, we can have that. What do you guys think about Matt's article with that though? He raised some good points, right?
1: You know, I am I, kind of more of a wait and see. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of guys on the roster right now that are going to be here through the rebuild. Um, I, I see the logic in handing on extensions because very often, very rarely do they bite you in the butt as if you're the club. Like you usually get your money's worth because you know with John Singleton yeah. was one of the only ones I think I can think of that that really was a huge buzz. And what they. They lost, like, $7 million Very in that deal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it cost you pretty much nothing. But, I mean, like, who's going to be here in 2021, really? Junus, yeah. maybe? I mean, there's no guarantee he's going to be good by then. Um, You know, Bonifacio, Mondesi, I guess, if you want to get him locked up. You know, I don't know if those guys are really worth as good enough to warrant locking them up. Uh, But, you know, I see the value, I guess, in... in, in Guaranteeing and cost certainty in the next couple of years, I just but I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't go that route.
0: Yeah, I I look at it kind of as a hedge thing, like that Singleton one. Mm-hmm. I think they hedged ten million dollars to save them 25 dollars. Same thing right. with somebody. Oh, Scott Kingery, Kingery's deal where you know Kingery pushed it a bit. I don't know if I would. And you know, salaries are definitely inflating, so maybe it's worth it now. I mean, you know, maybe I did. The numbers aren't perfect from what I used to what I ran in the past, but like, Kingery pushed it to where... I don't know if I would guarantee $30 million to save potentially 10-ish, 10, 15 million dollars. You know, Kingery's probably not the kind of prospect that's, you know, Chris Bryant, you know, uh, Bryce Harper, that's going to just kill kill it in arbitration. So it's kind of tough to be like, okay, are we? is he going to make more than $30 million through arbitration and free agency? Yeah, maybe, but like Singleton, it was easy because... Even though Singleton wasn't the number one prospect, I think he was like a top 20 or 30 prospect overall. So those mm-hmm. guys are worth, I mean, pretty good chunk of change, 30-something million, I think, in surplus value. And so, yeah, I mean, it made sense to basically spend 10 million to save, spend at a, at a you know maximum or at a minimum 10 million, I guess, with the options, but uh, to save yourself potentially 30, 40 million. But, yeah, I mean, if, these, if, if, if Mondesi, if Junis... If these guys want to, pay, you know, sign for five, six years, 10, 11 million, okay, sure. But no, I, I wouldn't go rushing out to give them, you know, 30000000 million dollar deals like the Kingery deal, or someone else got extended as well, like at that exact same time, right? That sounds familiar. It enough. was
1: shortly after the. Um, oh, who was it? No, I'm going to It wasn't Blank. Tim
0: Anderson. There, anyways, there was somebody else that just got extended right around that same time. Uh, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so I don't know, Jeremy. What do you think? I I would probably extend Junis at least. I he's been good enough for long enough now that um, I I'm cool with keeping him around. And like you said, for a for a, a, a cheap deal, you know you know don't go crazy and and pay him like he's going to pitch to a two ERA yeah. for the rest of his career. But um, I, Matt Matt was looking at a whole bunch of guys, and out of the out of the bunch of them, I'd look at. Junis um as Soler keeps going the way he's been going I might look at him um just as especially with Junis just because they've been so terrible at developing pitching that uh, even if he reverts back to just that um you know solid number five guy that has value um even on a future roster yeah
0: yeah uh it was Ked El Marte so I'm thinking of um he was he got 24 he got basically the Kingery deal pretty close to it um so yeah no i yeah i wouldn't be if if you want to extend junus based off of him being a number 4 5ish guy you know great that works um but you know if, and junus seems the kind of guy that would maybe accept that you know cuz he's not like a 23 year old former top you know 50 prospect you know i can't i can't imagine ronald acuna jumping out to sign an extension or you know any of these uh or you know reese hoskins but yeah i mean junis is 25 you you know he, he kind of spent a very long time in the minors spent almost six years in the minors um so yeah i mean i i agree i i think that for a reasonable deal him or Mondesi or i don't know who well any is there anybody else that you Bonifacio
2: see? and Soler were guys that were brought up a lot, too, in that mm-hmm. article.
0: I wouldn't do Bonifacio, I don't think. Um, yeah. Soler. I don't think I'd be interested in extending his deal any further than it already is. Because, I mean, you, 2020 will put him into, what, like third,
2: 31? He, he just turned 26.
0: Oh, okay. So, so 2020
2: would be 28.
0: Oh, wow, really? I, okay, wow, I'm way off on that one. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be that interested. I wouldn't be interested in, you know, signing for an additional four years. But, you know, to get him for his age 29 and 30 season, you'd have to increase his age 26, 27, 28 salary. Or, well, 27, 28 salary. So, you know, is that worth it effectively? And I don't know if it would be. What about Blaine Boyer? Would you guys be interested in that?
2: Can, he's, a heck, can we, he's, he's a heck of a guy. Yeah. can we extend him to be the bus driver yeah 10 years yeah. uh yeah 10 year lifetime
0: bus driving he can drive i i, I wouldn't even like I, I wouldn't even extend him to be like the bullpen i don't know i i have no interest in having retaining the services of Blaine Boyer for any capacity
2: the way the way they talk about him is like they don't even care if he pitches. They just want him to to be the the veteran experience yeah, yeah. in the bullpen. And and I I have to sit here and wonder why you need that when you have a bullpen coach. Yes. Yeah. And uh,
0: and it's not like Herrera's brand new. I mean, you know, yeah. maybe Herrera's not a good choice because uh, this is going to sound extremely offensive, but I don't know how well uh, Herrera speaks English. Okayish, right? Am I wrong on that? Like no, no he's, he's so, switched yeah. to
2: speaking English in interviews and okay. everything. Okay, good. Yeah. I, that's
0: what I thought. I, I know that I've seen him interview in English. So it's not like it's a language barrier issue. You know, I mean, he could definitely talk to the younger guys. But then again, the bullpen's not exactly, you know, loaded with, you know, 22, 23-year-old guys. Necessarily. But yeah, I'm, uh, I don't uh know. I'll I, I get you. I don't know why Blaine Boyer still is on this team. But I don't know. What are you going to do?
1: Next time we talk, maybe he won't be.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Jeremy, what's the absolute minimum you would accept to be in the Royals, pitch, take Blaine Boyer's spot for the rest of the year? What's the absolute minimum you would do it for?
2: Uh, give me, uh, I don't know, seventy, 80 thousand thousand. I'd
0: do it. <laughs> I think I agree. I think I
2: would do that as well. Yeah. Well, but that'd be a pick. I could, I can hit like sixty. 60 miles an hour with my fastball. Okay. But you only got one pitch though, huh? I got a curveball. Oh, okay. Circle or uh, how do you how do you how do you throw it? Uh it was jeez, this was what Last time I threw it was like 15 years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was it was just a it's like I had a I had a baseball that had um like different grips painted on it. And <laughs> I learned my curveball from that.
0: Oh no, I had that same baseball. It was like green and red and blue. Yeah. Well mine yeah. at least. Okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't never I never learned. I got I got hit. My baseball story was I played baseball till I was maybe eight or nine and I got hit with the pitch and I quit the next day. And I said, <laughs> Okay, this was fun Uh, but I don't wanna do this anymore. And I'm kinda glad I quit baseball. It's just I don't know. I was in band. I play. I was. I, I lettered in football, but I was also on, on the marching band. So,
2: nah. okay. I, uh, I. My parents pulled me out of baseball when all I wanted to do was hit. I didn't ever want to field.
0: See, I would rather be the Billy field. Butler,
2: uh, Billy Butler of Little League. Yeah, <laughs> I would have
0: rather been the designated fielder rather than the designated hitter. I didn't like hitting. I like fielding. Um, I was a right fielder too. So, just like uh, like Justin Maxwell, Jeff Francoeur, those are the guys that I. I always envied tried to you know buy pizza again. for the
2: for the, for the fans in the outfield
0: exactly <laughs> that's pretty nice he's he's generally a, a nice guy I think but he uh, I don't want to we can't get into into Jeff Francoeur right now I got too many things going on I got Westworld to watch I can't get into an hour tangent on Jeff Francoeur. The, na- <laughs> the natural as Sports Illustrated had the gall to call him like. they call him the natural oh, okay. I think the Sports Illustrated okay Okay, guys, we'll wrap it up. Um, as always, you guys can follow more great Royals content here at Royals Review. Like Max said, we've got draft, we've got all sorts of stuff coming up. Um, Max, thank you for coming on, as always. You can find... Uh, oh, thank you, Max. Thank you, Sean. And you can find Max's Twitter at, uh, at twitter.com slash uh, Max Reaper M A X R I E P r-i-e-p-e-r and then um, we've also got Jeremy who little you can't find him at twitter.com slash Jeremy wait hold on now I want to see who that is Jeremy twitter.com slash Jeremy gives you some random guy with 13,000 followers and I'm pretty sure he doesn't do anything I'm pretty sure he's just a rando but he got the good Twitter tag so good for him um, but you can find Jeremy on Twitter at Hokius h-o-k-i-u-s right is there more? That's correct. Okay, that's thank, it. Thank you for coming on, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. Yes, and then well, hold on. now I got to see who has Max. On Max, uh, he's a co-founder of Instacart. Okay, so that guy might actually do something. But I don't know who. I you actually
1: know what's got. crazy is no one, no one has a Twitter handle baseball. What? At baseball is not taken. So oh, go, feel uh, free uh, to uh, feel uh, free oh. to take the Twitter handle. It's baseball. about to be. Got to grab
2: that yeah.
0: now. <laughs> But someone needs to grab that but make it like like football tweets or something or nothing to do with baseball like shopping tweets yeah, yeah. oh man how how am I not at baseball oh dang okay man that's a one. maybe no there's definitely a football and it's soccer okay right. of course yeah interesting okay alright guys well as always everybody thank you so much for reading thank you for listening thank you for just uh putting up with all of our stuff Um, as always you can find our stuff at oralsreview.com we'll have more in the future and as always have uh, many many uh, good days